Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can find me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can find me at Dan Urban MMA. And you can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And you can also subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else that you're listening. And if you are a big fan of our show, or even just a little fan of our show, please give us a five-star review because it would help. And we're going to talk about judging in MMA, so you should read up on the criteria, which can be found at abcboxing.com. Dan, we just had a an event finally to wrap up the UFC's just nonstop schedule for the second half of the year on Saturday with Jeff Neal not really putting up a big fight against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in the main event as uh, Wonderboy obviously got a 50-45 unanimously from all three judges. Yeah, really good performance from him. Just uh, Neil had nothing for him. He didn't, and you know, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances. We talked on our Friday show about how basically he, he kind of almost died, more or less, over the summer. He was, he yeah, was in real bad shape. He had sepsis, which then caused heart failure. Yeah, yeah. That's um, not good. Not great. <laughs> not something that I would want in my previous six months before I was to fight anyone, let alone Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Uh, but having said that, he also didn't have enough of his coaching staff who apparently all had COVID-related uh, issues. I don't know if all of them had it or if they were just exposed or anything like that. Um, but also, he's saying today, Jeff Neal, that he couldn't see for, I think, the last four rounds. Yeah, but you know what? Out of one of his eyes. He, that's credit to Wonderboy. He sure. Took out one eye. He did. He did. And it wasn't re- returned. No eye for an eye. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to diminish Jeff Neal because I actually really do like him as as a fighter, um, and I'm looking forward to watching his career develop. But I don't know if he was going to be able to beat Wonderboy tonight. Wonderboy looked fantastic. He was really good, like title contender Wonderboy, perhaps. Yeah, it's, I think it's been a while since we saw him really look this good. And and what I was really encouraging for. His future is he looked better as the fight went on. Yeah, I would give him that. Maybe find just kept finding his groove. He, you know what I noticed? He was more aggressive than I remember him being. Yeah, I mean he's you know he's a lot of uh, the counters and stuff like that. Honestly, he's very similar to Machida, which has been brought up before. Uh, they might have even brought up on the broadcast. I don't recall, but like you know he's got that same kind of karate base style where you know he would like you to kind of give him something for you to him to mess up or for you to mess up and him to take advantage. But at the same time, he can create on his own similar to the to Machida. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- this was really great to see that him kind of pushing for it. It was sometimes, sometimes wonder boy fights don't end up being as pleasing as they could be just because of the, the style matchups. But, but yeah, this one was definitely a, a fun one, even though it was totally lopsided in his favor, no drama, you know, 50, 45 basically said it all. Yeah, this was, yeah, that I I thought round two was borderline ten eight. At one I, I thought didn't the, come close to that. I thought the domination was there in the striking category, but I didn't end up going that way. I just thought uh, okay. it was. I just thought it was potential. I was gonna say I, I I definitely would disagree if you actually went there, but I can understand like why you toy with it. Yeah, it was in my head. All right, but yeah, I think uh, I think they rushed Jeff Neal a bit. I'd like to see him fight like someone like Luke. I don't know necessarily. I mean. It's tough because Wonderboy, obviously he's a talented fighter, but it's not like he's been on the greatest run the last few years. You know, he obviously got knocked out by Anthony Pettis last year in a fight he was looking good in for a while. Um, but hilariously, you know, he's in the main event and Pettis, again, who beat him, is on the prelims. So, you know, you just kind of factor things like that. And it just seems to me that 
I can understand why they would do that because from a matchmaking perspective, you you know, you have Wonderboy here who's a good name, but he's not been on the greatest of ways. And then you have Neil who's been on the rise. He's been looking pretty good, not against always the greatest of competition, but you know, depending on how you feel about someone like Mike Perry, uh, from a competitive standpoint. <laughs> but obviously he just wasn't ready for it. And I think a lot of that did have to do with, with uh, his health situation. Yeah, that, that, that's he probably needed a tune up fight after coming off that situation. I, I think that would have been fair, yeah. But good on Wonder Boy. I want to see him fight Colby next. I, I, that's not the fight he was pushing for. but uh, Yeah, he wants Masvidal. Um, I mean, a lot of people want Masvidal. I don't yeah. hate him against Masvidal. And they, are, they already fought, though. Like yeah, I know. Against, and but, he, and you he already know, won, I'm, too. So it was I like Wonder Boy, out. and I don't like uh, all the stuff that's been coming out of Masvidal's Twitter in the last few months. It's been kind of bothering me. It's been annoying. So I wouldn't mind uh, seeing him lose again. Yeah, it, it just feels like a money grab fight because you know when they first fought, Masvidal was not the name he is now. So that's well, heck probably yeah. what Why shouldn't he like. try to grab some money over nah, a guy? I'm a title contender. Chase that paper. Better. Yeah, I know, but I'd rather him fight for a title and shut up, Colby. I mean, you know, I'm not disagreeing. I just, I don't necessarily uh, like. I don't, I don't dislike him versus Colby. I think that would be interesting. I don't know who'd win that one. That that's actually a very interesting matchup there. I I would have to think I would give the edge to. Colby there just because I think he can close the distance and make it a lot tougher for Thompson, but I haven't really thought this one through. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I think it's way more interesting than Masvidal, but whatever. Uh, we can move on. Yeah. Why not? We, we got a couple fights uh, for contested rounds. Not too much really going on. Cause honestly, the judges had a good night, which we'll get to later. Solid night. Um, I thought I had a great night, but uh, on the early portion of the card. And the fact is this was the, curtain jerker here between Christos Yagos and Carlton Minus. This fight was, uh, well, the scores were kind of all over the place here. We had three different scores. I don't think it was necessarily um, a fight that just, you look at the scores and like, why is it like this? So you, you can sort of understand why it would happen, but I definitely uh, have a scorecard in mind. Let's, let's start with round one, Dan. What did you see in round one? Originally, I scored this a 10-9. And, uh... Okay. On rewatch, I reluctantly switched to a ten eight. You did. Okay. I, what was it? I what still have changed for your, like in your interpretation of the fight between first and second. Well, I, nothing really changed. I just figured. I said. I, I mean, kind of deserves more than a ten nine. But he also didn't really do that much outside of positional dominance. I mean, I never saw him really attacked for the finish. He wasn't pushing for the finish never as hard had, as maybe you'd like. There's really no prolonged effective offense kind of like a lot of holding position but the thing is minus did absolutely nothing oh yeah he you can't really i think when you do nothing it definitely makes it a lot easier to pull the trigger on the uh the 10 so and i mean the the criteria especially when you got a got some positional dominance like that yeah you know? and the criteria you know it says you know positional dominance alone isn't enough to secure dominance but they do mention transitions and and yago's had some good transitions to keep Minus on the defensive, if you even want to call it defensive. Um, I just wish he went for it. Like, there's so many opportunities presented himself to finish that fight, and he just didn't want to or, or didn't know how. I don't know. I know that situations like that where, let's say, a fighter has someone's back, and they're obviously controlling the grappling there, but they're not necessarily pushing nearly as hard as they ought to be for some sort of fight-ending technique, you know, be it a uh, you know, rear naked choke or an arm bar or something like that. I know that rounds like that 
are something that in the judging community, it's it's kind of like a you know how do you go you know that kind of thing. It's there's there's still kind of like well, what do we do with those kind of rounds? There you could watch the same round like this probably, and I'm just guessing on a round like this based on conversations I've had that you could look at this and say, well, which way does this go? You know, is this a 10, eight or a 10, nine, you know, we have elements kind of that support both. And that's where you really amount to the fact that we did have a split here uh, with Junichiro Kamijo being the one who went 10, nine for Yagos. And it was Sal D'Amato and Dave Hagen who went 10, eight. I also went 10, eight here. I thought this was a 10, eight. I think it met the criteria, um, you know, not, not dominantly, but I thought so. Here's the thing. I want this to be a 10, eight. I want this to be a unanimous 10, eight. The thing okay. is, there's too much interpretation in the criteria and stuff that says, you know, just having a dominant position does not mean dominance. I think sure. you get to a dominant position, you earn that spot. It, was, it took effective offense to get to that spot. And I, I think it should count for more than it does, but it, it's not worded in enough in a way where that's definitive. Uh, so I don't know. Well, obviously, as you know, because you were part of these conversations we've had, you know, we, we've had officials on the show before, like Rob Hines, who've kind of instructed us about kind of the thinking that went into building this criteria the way it was um, when they redid it about four and a half years ago. And it was left intentionally, you know, not necessarily vague, but open, I think is probably a better way to phrase it. And I will say, I understand why you wouldn't get specific because the more you get specific, it's like, okay, you know, well, what then, you know, then you start getting things that are contradictory. But I do think there's probably room to tighten things up just a little bit here and there about things like that. Like just getting rid of position. I don't know the exact wording, but it, something along the lines of position. Just because you have a dominant position doesn't mean you're, you're going to check off dominance. I think right. something like that. Just get rid of that because, like, yeah, Kevin McDonald was the one that was telling us saying. Oh, it was Kevin who was Kev, telling us. Kevin was telling us how do you put st- certain stuff in, on work, uh on paper? Yes. How do you work? Like, because there's just so many different situations that can arise. So, um, eh, whatever. I mean, I want this to be a ten eight. I just didn't. Really see you didn't it think as a it 10, actually met origin, the criteria, but I, reluctantly afterwards, I said I, I see why it can, uh, and so I mean I'm always on the side of more ten eight, so that's where I'm going. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, no, I, I mean I didn't watch this fight again, but I I definitely thought that this was a ten eight, um, and I actually thought this was I don't want to say it was like a weak ten eight, but like I I would say it was borderline ish, but like I was I felt pretty good about going to the ten eight here. I didn't really mind at all. Well, I think I think what helps is it was completely lopsided yes so and minus doesn't that's deserve, a lot of it for me honestly, minus doesn't deserve it n- minus did just nothing like he doesn't deserve to lose this round by just one point yeah because i was, think that's fair and and that's in there too so i mean sure. it, it, yeah it, it, it is that is totally part of the criteria if you're not doing it, enough yeah. you know you're not putting up any effective offense on your own like you're just are you really in the fight right yeah i, I just think I, I wanted more offense from yagos eh. I wasn't the one fighting. Yeah, that's true. You uh, you certainly were not. I didn't watch you fight. <laughs> Nobody did. <laughs> Round two, that was, everyone had 10-9 here, but I would like to point out uh, that I, while watching this, kind of thought it was a 10-8. I didn't think it was as strong a case as the first round, so I'm not surprised in the least when I found out that all three judges said this was a 10-9. Okay. That's fine. I, I've, I now, you know, I can add that to my... Hopefully, my interpreting of what we would give a ten eight and a ten nine going forward. I think there was less striking in this round. That's true. Absolutely, uh, there was a lot of him not even just ignoring the blatant submissions. Yes, that minus was giving him. Uh, but 
Yeah, and even DC pointed that out. He's like, he's got this arm triangle whenever he wants it, and he's just completely ignoring it. Yeah, it's, uh, again, totally understand why this was not a 10-8. If you can only give one 10-8 in this fight, it most definitely would have been round one over round two. So I, I saw two as the weaker case, but yeah, absolutely. That's fine. That's fine. All the judges had 10-9 here, and I'll, again, add that to my, my bank of understanding, I hope. But yeah. round three... This was another round where there was a split, and it wasn't 10-8, 10-9. This was whether Carlton Minus actually ended up finally putting together something that won him around. And I think he did. I think so, too. I, I felt pretty good about that watching it at the time. Um, and Dave Hagen and Camillo, they were both the ones who saw it for Minus, but it was Sal D'Amato who dissented and gave it to Yagos. Yeah, I, I did. Why did you go for Minus? I went for Minus because he was the one who had the effect of offense. Yagos gets it to the ground, gets the back, but once he's on the back, he just sits there with a seatbelt grip. He's not even attacking a choke. It's kind it's of, true. kind of yeah, like, there's, there's just, like no, no offense at all. It's really just holding on. Yeah. Holding on and not, didn't even have hooks in. So, I mean, it was like how dominant was it, but uh, minus just stood right up, fought out of the uh, standing clinch for a while. And then once he was free, he was landing good strikes. I mean, they weren't going to end the fight, but, no, and, and Yagos sh- was just so tired too. So yeah, three days notice he took the fight on. So yeah, that's uh, <laughs> not. I don't want to indict yeah. the guy on him, but yeah, it's, it's. I mean, he was obviously not putting up the same level of of offense as he was able to. Yeah, and, and you know, minus was landing very effectively, uh, uppercuts, especially in that final minute, which seemed to bother Yagos a bit. And Yagos just really had no answer on the feet, kind of just hoping for the round to end. It seemed, and sure enough, it did, and it did. And I, I gave minus the round. I really don't see much of a case for Yagos. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree there too. I don't. I don't think it's the worst case ever because I guess you know if for some reason you want to wait the back control. Okay, you know there, there's at least there's logic behind that. Um, but yeah, I, I I think you really once you actually look into the effective striking and grappling, what, what was more effective? I think it was most definitely minus is striking there. Yeah. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, too. me too. Yeah. So, but the uh, the the scores. I don't believe I mentioned what these scores ended up being. It was thirty twenty six, twenty nine twenty seven, and twenty nine twenty eight. Yeah, I like the I like either twenty nine as a score here. Either twenty nine twenty eight or twenty nine twenty seven. Thirty twenty six. Yeah, and is I, a bit I, weird. I ended up with the twenty nine twenty six. But again, if you if yeah. you take away that round two, then twenty nine twenty seven is the score that I most identify with. Yeah, I I think I mean. 10-8 versus 10-9 in, in either round. I don't think there's any really big thing going on there. I think it's really round three is the, I don't want to call it major blunder, but because it's really not, but. No, it's not a blunder. That, that's it's, the most. It's just, uh, a, it's just a round that, that you know. The most disagreeable score. And, and yeah, I mean. That's what I would say. Most disagreeable yeah, score. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's crazy, but I I would say this. If if fans are sitting at home, they're like, well, why would you give that round to, to Yagos? I get I get some people being like, well, what the heck? But also, at the same time, it in no way changed the result of the fight. Yagos had won. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, round three, I'm not saying it's okay to get on cruise control, but also, you know, it's hard to get too worked up. <laughs> the other fight that we wanted to talk about, well, I guess technically there's two more fights, but there's, there's only one more uh, round for contested rounds that we wanted to do, and that was Tyler Santos getting the unanimous nod over Jillian Robertson. Round one, this was, I thought, an interesting round because it was one of those rounds that even as I'm watching it, and I I had to rewatch it today because I was not watching very closely live, uh, but 
as I'm watching it, I'm saying to myself, you know, Robertson seems to be landing a lot more effectively off her back, but yeah. I wonder if she's actually going to get the round. Yeah, they were stuck in that position against the cage pretty much the whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, after after Robertson went for, she kind of jumped for the arm bar. Jumping, yeah, flying arm bar, which for a split second was extended. It uh, looked very good, yeah, so, for a little while. Yeah, split and, then, second. and then obviously Santos, she defended it very well. Defend, was yeah, able to, you know, make defense. the right adjustments and, and get her arm free. You know, she did, you really ably defended that. Credit to her. But obviously, that's I mean, I think that's effective grappling, right? Oh, for sure. I think that's effective grappling. And yeah, it seemed like Tyler Santos went to Dan Urban School of Jiu Jitsu and just got on top and just sat in guard. Hoping where for... is your where is your school of Jiu Jitsu? Oh, it's in uh, my head. Okay. Uh, and she decided, oh, I'm just going to sit here until some kind of opportunity presents itself. Uh, <laughs> You're a patient man. Pass. That's true. <laughs> You're but... a patient grappler. <laughs> Not the most exciting and. <laughs> I'm sure no one would really want to ever. I'm sure no one would ever want to watch it, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, on the bottom, Robertson was banging her with elbows, and not until about the final twenty seconds or so is when Santos finally landed some decent offense. I thought it was too little, too late at that point. She did land some good offense, but yeah, I I would agree. I think it was too little, too late. The elbow, I I believe it opened up Robertson, right? Yeah, she got a, a little cut uh, over Bridger nose. Maybe is that where it was? Somewhere around there. I believe so. Um, I'm having trouble recalling now. Yeah, I think, I think it's Bridget than those. But uh, yeah, I, I just don't think it was enough. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think I think especially I think you could actually call it like almost even on the striking, even though Robertson was striking from her back with those elbows that, you know, very occasionally they were kind of coming 12 to six, but she was getting corrected by it. Was, Mark Smith was the ref on this one, right? No, I thought Big Dan was. Oh, was, it, was it Tan Dan? Tan Dan Mergliata. Okay, okay. But he, someone was correcting. I believe to say, you know, watch the elbows. And yeah, I, I just thought it was probably close to even on the striking, but I would even lean very slightly to Robertson. But then you throw in the, the arm bar attempts. And I guess, depending on how close you thought that was, I would say it's, it's actually a pretty good round for Robertson. But uh, in this round, it was only Dave Hagen who saw it the same way as you and me for Robertson, Derek Cleary and Chris Lee were the ones in the majority who saw it for Santos. I don't think it's a bad score. I, I think it's no. Nah, it's a very debatable. Not round. the way I would go. I think it, I think this is kind of a toss up. Yeah, or as close. I, to I a think toss it's okay. Because, again, get, it yeah. kind of depends on how much you weight both elements. Do you think that the armbar was close enough? If not, I mean, if you didn't think it was that close, if you thought it was defended extremely well and she wasn't in danger, like it's not really that effective a maneuver. Well, it keeps and then if you defensive. say okay, you know the the striking, maybe the elbows didn't look as effective as they did to me. From Robertson, you could easily go for Santos here. Yeah, I, I do think the elbows were, were strong, but I'm with you. Roberts and Robertson. Yeah, Robertson. Robertson. I got to remember Robertson, this. get it right. <laughs> I like how she fights, too. She she always comes to bring it. I was excited to see her fight and slightly disappointed to see her lose this one. But in the third round, it was clear she was not going to win this fight because we had a potential 10-8. Or a debated 10-8, I should say. A debated 10-8, I'd say. Yes, because in this one, it was Cleary and Lee, round three, who gave Santos the 10-8. And Dave Hagen saw it again, same way, you and I, 10-9 for Santos, right? I went for Santos 10-9. I did not see a 10-8. I didn't really see one. I, I thought this was a pretty weak case for a 10-8, to be I, honest. I agree, because I you know what? I can't find more than 1D, and that 1D is not even checked to a strong degree, in my opinion. Ye- yeah, I 
I mean, I think I think damage was fine. I, I have no problem there. I just there's definitely not duration of offense in this round. Nor, um, nor you barely had any duration of of you know good grappling uh, positions and things like that. You know, and and I don't think there was a lot of grappling dominance here. So I, I think once you break it down, just in, in sheer you know just a quick look at that, I I, I definitely have trouble seeing a ten eight plus. Santos was never close to getting a finish in this round. The fighter who yeah, was close another, to getting yeah, a finish was actually Robertson. She started the round with a guillotine attack, and then that she... was not a very good guillotine attack. Oh, I thought it was a it was a decent guillotine uh, attack. That this I is didn't exactly think she what... had her hips into it as much as she really ought to have. I think if she was able to have adjusted, it would have looked better. Ah, uh, no, I, th- I thought I thought Santos was getting a little worried there. No, I would disagree. I mean, did, we just watched it last three weeks ago. Four weeks ago now, Figueredo finished the same same exact type of guillotine. Obviously, he got the choke. Robertson didn't. Yeah, I I, I would say they're you know you can't just they're not apples and apples. I mean they're similar, but it's just not the same. I, I don't think. I think this is a different situation, just ever so slightly. Um and and yeah, I just didn't think it was as effective an attack. So, but I mean, having said that, I still think there just wasn't enough from Santos to go for the ten eight here. I I actually pretty strongly disagree with this as a potential 10-8. And don't forget Robertson's armbar, because that was another good attack. Near the end, right? Yep. This yeah. one, this was a better armbar than the first round. It probably was. The, this arm was fully extended on this one. Yeah, so. I, I have a lot of trouble with this 10-8. You know, and what's what surprises me the most is that 10-8 was actually the majority score here. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it is. But, and look, credit to Chris Lee and Derek Cleary. These are two of the best judges we have in the world. So there's probably just something I'm misunderstanding. And I, I would mean, like to hear it if I was able to, but you know, I, we don't have them available, of, of course. So hopefully one day we, we can uh, figure out why this could be argued as a 10 8. Cause I do have, uh, again, I, I actually have a lot of trouble kind of really seeing it. Yeah, me too. Because I, I don't see anything that Santos did that deserved a 10 8. Yeah. So shout out to Dave Hagen. We saw it your way, dude. <laughs> the only other round that we really had to talk about from the whole evening, though, was, uh, a 10 8 in or potential 10 8 in round one with I'm going to butcher his name, but Tafon Chukwi getting the unanimous nod over Jamie Pickett. And that was with scores of 30 26 times two and one 30 25. Everybody agreed that round two was a 10 8. Everyone agreed, right? You two? I thought it was round three. Everyone agreed to 10 8. Was it round three? Okay. Yeah. I, my mistake. I'm, I'm misremembering. But anyway, round one is the one we are actually here to talk about because this was the split. 10-8-10-9. Uh, Eric Cologne saw this one as a 10-8, whereas Mike Bell and Chris Lee saw the 10-9 for Chukwi. What did you see? Uh, I saw a 10-9, and I, I, I tried hard to find a 10-8. I, I couldn't find it. I, I mean, Pickett's very timid in this match. So I disagree with the 10-8, but yeah, I think you bring up a pertinent point here about the timidity, you know, not even timidity necessarily. I don't know if it was timidity. It was just, it wasn't throwing. He just wasn't actually giving off. It was very similar to Carlton minus in the first round of the fight. We just, we talked about at the top of the show. I didn't see a lot going on from Pickett, And that's obviously something that starts to say, okay, well maybe we can start thinking about it. Now you talk about the type of strikes Chukwi's throwing. They're hard, right? They're, they're hard. He's sure. Well, much stronger offense. I, I give him that. Absolutely. There's no way you're going to score this round for Pickett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see this and probably the same way as you. I just saw it as a strong 10 9. I just, I, I didn't see, uh, I guess, enough offense from uh, Chukwi. How are we saying it? In Chukwi? Uh, um, 
I mean, you can do your best. I'm I'm screwing it up, I'm sure. And I the apologize event, to the man who got himself a great victory over the weekend, if I'm saying it wrong. The one uh, event I'm, I'm going with two John Anik. Yeah. The one event we needed him. I know, right. To, to pronounce this properly. Uh, just just go with whatever Michael Bisping said. I'm sure yeah. it's correct. <laughs> but yeah, I, I wanted to find a 10A, and I, I was thinking of reasons why, because I think you can, you can you can probably get damage or possibly domination, because I, I thought any time... Uh, Pickett was going to throw anything. He was worried about what was going to come back in return. But I thought there was just too many lulls in the in the in the round. Yeah, there's no duration. Uh, it, so. Duration is totally out the window. Uh, nobody could make that. I'm sure. I'm sure Eric Colon isn't making the argument for yeah. duration here. But I, I would say damage absolutely. I mean, without question. But if you want to try and check that second D, which is kind of what you need to get to the uh, the potential for a ten eight here. Yeah, I, I think it's probably dominance because of the fact that we didn't see anything from Pickett. And that obviously starts to slant it that way. Yeah, he didn't, nothing, he wasn't returning anything. I mean, he had one yeah, takedown, I, I think, and that was it. And he didn't do anything there, so. I see more of a case for a 10-8 in this round than I do for the previous round we just talked about with Santos uh, in round oh, three. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll say that. Yeah, th- this yeah. one at least makes, like, I can look at this and say I disagree, but, like, I can kind of understand it. The The other one, I actually have a lot of trouble really seeing it. Yeah, I struggled seeing for both rounds, but if I had to pick one, which was I could get there probably at some point, it would be this one. Okay. All right, fair enough. But, you know, another fight where it didn't end up mattering because 30-26 was the final on the other two cards, and 30-25 was the final on Eric Alone's card. Yeah, that was... Uh, Pickett was never in this fight. Not at all. I mean, round three, I, I, round three, I only gave it 10-9, but I definitely understand a 10-8 here because, I mean, the first words of my description of the fight is... Uh, he really beats the crap out of him with knees in the clinch. Okay. So I mean, I'm I'm pretty certain there was heavy damage there. But there really wasn't much else for us to talk about, right? I think that's pretty much it as far as decisions. Because as much as the judges were actually working pretty hard, what they didn't have to do was dissent very often. So credit to them on. Let's just run it down, right? Let's. Let, we got Panikianzad, 29-28s across the board over Sajara Eubanks, Duran Win. Same thing, 29-28s across the board over Antonio Arroyo. Arroyo obviously got really tired in that fight. Oh, my God. Gas so hard. Really bad. Anthony Pettis, another 29-28 across the board. Near finish. Good for him after coming back from a bat. I mean, he got off to a terrible start. Like, yeah. 15 seconds, he was on the ground and kind of in trouble. Slip. One slip can turn a fight around. That's true, especially against someone like Murano who can, yep. who can grapple very well. But, you know, credit to him, Pettis, coming back and getting the win. Apparently now he's a free agent. We'll see how he where oh, he ends up. I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah, he's he's marching into free agent. I believe that was uh, Mike Heck over at MMA Fighting. Noted that on Twitter. I'm sure other people know that too, but that's where I got it from. And Mikey Heck, he's good follow for anybody who's looking for news. All right. Uh, also, Marcin Tybura, he lost the first round against Greg Hardy, but came back and won my second round TKO. Everybody loved that. Oh, yeah. I mean... You know, probably Greg Hardy's mom wasn't thrilled, but otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle Pereira, I mean, we're we're talking about a bunch of fights here, but I think we got to shout it out, right? Yeah. Michelle Pereira, another 29-28 across the board. Chaos Williams. Again, all these rounds, 29-28s, the the round that goes the other way of the loser's way, it's unanimous. Sometimes we have 29-28s where that's not the case. These are really good. Yeah, every single fight here. Jose Aldo. Getting 29-28s, all three, over Marlon Chito Vera. And some uh, shades of old Aldo showed up on Saturday. Absolutely. He finally figured out how he, that he was allowed to still 
kick the legs. Told you he was going to kick. That's again. a legal strike still. <laughs> but I mean, how many decisions is that? We got one, two, three, four, five unanimous 29-28s where all the rounds were in agreement among all three judges. You don't see that very often. That's like, I think the judges did a fantastic job. I'm yeah. going to give them a little, a little golf clap. And the thing is, actually, there was not a single split decision either through this whole No, card. there wasn't. Ben Cartledge pointed that out. Oh, yeah. Nine unanimous decisions on the uh, night. That's pretty awesome. That's awesome. That's so cool. I'm really uh, I'm really pleased when you see that. I mean, I would prefer a lot of these were more stoppages. I, I definitely want a little more excitement in. We only had two TKOs and a sub uh, finish. Yeah. So we didn't have as much uh, of our choices for our favorite finish tonight, right? No. And I, I, I offered to give you this one as your favorite. How gracious of you, sir. And then I got nervous because then it, we went to decisions after <laughs> decision. After decision, I was like, I'm not going to get another flying triangle. But I gave that one to you because I'm in the giving you know, spirit. Yeah. We got Christmas in just yeah. a few days. So yeah. from presents earlier today. But which one is that, Dan? What was your favorite finish? Jimmy Flick's flying triangle over Cody Durden in the first round after he was taking a beating. Yeah, Durden was looking fantastic. Durden, of course, a, a former uh, guest on our show. Uh, but yeah, this, this was unfortunate for him because he was looking good and then just kind of got caught. Sometimes you just get caught flying triangle. That's... You don't see that every card, so. No, not typically. And, and I, no, I like he kept making, kept making small adjustments once he once he had it locked in, and then he got the far under hook or under leg. It was night night. That was it. Terrible nickname though, Jimmy Jimmy the Brick Flick. He does not look like a brick. This was this was not my. I'm not the only one who observed this on Twitter, but yeah, it was like, come on, terrible. Let's move on to your uh, to your favorite. Well, my favorite. I think I already uh, foreshadowed it before. Marcin Tybora finally, yeah. finally laying it on Greg Hardy here, punching him all over the place in round two after he finally got the fight down. I was waiting for it. Tybora, he's got this good ground game as far as uh, ground strikes. Once he brings it down there, he's got, I can remember at least one or two 10 eights that he's had this year based on just ground strikes. I think you've been waiting for this for longer than just one round. This has been about oh, four goodness. Or yeah, five I've been rounds. waiting several four years five to years. see Greg Hardy take this ever since. So listen, just a little bit of backstory. So I'm a Carolina Panthers fan, right? Greg Hardy used to play for the Carolina Panthers. I used to really like Greg Hardy. He was nicknamed the Kraken back then. We call him the Kraken. I don't know why he didn't take that into uh, MMA because it's a lot better than what? What is he? The Prince of War or something? Is that his name? I don't know. That is nick- now, He's got one of those just God awful. I'm nicknaming myself nicknames. Uh-huh. And he gave himself the Kraken too. But like that was good. Like it actually worked really well. I used to say release the Kraken. And then he got arrested uh, for that domestic violence incident. And, you know, just because somebody gets arrested for something, you know, they have their day in court and everything like that. Well, he had his day in court and he was it was a judge trial and he was found guilty at the judge trial. Now, because of the laws in I believe it was North Carolina, he was able to request a jury trial, uh, a kind of appeal to do that. So he was able to get a jury trial. And the woman, I believe it was his ex-girlfriend, did not uh, cooperate or show up for this. So the case was dismissed. So he keeps on saying, oh, yeah, I've been proven innocent. Greg Hardy's been not proven of anything. He got off. That's just the way it is. And and look, that alone isn't something to say that this guy is guilty. The deadspin piece that showed a lot of photos of this woman who was allegedly abused, that also isn't necessarily proof that this happened, but you know what? I'm allowed to make my decision, and I made my decision. Greg Hardy is a piece of garbage who I'm very happy 
to watch Marcin Tabura beat the living out of him. <laughs> I'm very happy. I'm to censoring see myself Hardy. there. I actually, I just kind of held myself. <laughs> I am pretty happy Greg Hardy lost too, for the simple fact is I don't believe he deserves a main card slot. I don't think he's all that great of a fighter. His hands look good, but once that fight hit the ground, he had no clue what to do. He was lost, completely gassed, and then. And he didn't just, have his inhaler either. I mean, he's supposed to be able to use his yeah, inhaler. Oh, in that's rounds, true. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what world is this? And using inhalers. I mean, this is Yoel Romero fight camp. Like, just use your inhaler. PC human garbage. Happy loss. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be honestly. That was that was one of my favorite finishes of the year, and it had nothing to do with just the Nate, like the way it looked or anything like that. It was purely the circumstances. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm very glad that on the final event of the UFC calendar, they sent me home smiling with this and before we move on a, a shout out rob font because that was a fantastic performance against marlon marais oh only, hell yeah so with only Absolutely. three finishes we should probably point out that one that, yeah that why, why why ignore rob font especially i like marlon marais too i have a lot of respect for him but yeah i mean once once it was standing you just saw that font has the much more disciplined striking game yeah great performance from him loved it loved it and that's all for the fights but we're gonna try something uh new we're gonna start integrating a couple you know, fun little things here and there into the show. Probably we'll leave it more in the future for our Friday programs, which, you know, don't necessarily involve looking at the previous event. But we're going to start off with, with a little bit of a movie challenge. I found out the other day that Dan has missed a lot of movies over the years. I haven't seen that many uh, movies. Yeah, and I'm a big movie guy. If anyone knows me, I've I've watched I watched a ton of movies. I try to watch as many movies as I can when, when I have the time to and everything like that. I never had enough time to do everything I want to do. But I catch most of the big movies uh, every year and I go back and watch movies. I'll, I'll go all the way. I'll watch a classic movie. I don't care where. Um, but you missed a lot of obvious ones. And I was like, well, I got to make you watch a movie. And then I was like, wow, we should just do this on the show every so often. We'll just kind of talk <laughs> about your thoughts on the movie after you watch it. Right. Yeah, let's do it. So the movie that I challenged you to the other day was to watch The Matrix. Dan had not watched The Matrix, guys. Never saw it. And girls. But I knew some of the some of the things like red pill versus blue pill. I've seen that. In, yeah, in but, I mean, still, some of these things just kind of bleed into you know Americana and, and pop culture and all that stuff. But you haven't seen the movie. Well, I saw it now. Yes, you have. I want to know what you think. It was meh. It was meh. I mean, okay. I I mean, it was a popcorn flick to me with too much thinking. Uh, I mean, that pretty much sums it up. Actually, I'll give you that. Uh, it was. I, I enjoyed the action sequences and. The Heck story yeah. was pretty cool. Uh, and what was cool? I'm sorry. The story was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the one portion. It's basically a Jesus metaphor. Well, I didn't. I didn't get that. I didn't even think that deep into it. <laughs> but I it just is. I mean, a lot of these things are. I thought downloading skills to your brain was pretty cool concept. You like that, huh? Well, especially the first thing that he's going to learn is jujitsu. Jujitsu. And I was like, okay, awesome. And then he has a karate battle. The following scene. I know kung fu. And I was like, "This, I mean, that's not jujitsu." You got me really excited. No, but you learned a lot of things. But it was the jujitsu that was pointed out, really. I know, I know. And I was like expecting look, to see triangles. You, you can't sell that with with wire foo, which was, I mean, they not exactly invented it, but I, I think this the tech was kind of pioneered on movies like this around this time period. The thing you got to remember about this, Dan, this movie is twenty one years old now. Okay, it can drink. It came that long? Came out that long? It's, ago? It was 1999. This movie came out. Huh. So that. when you think about it through that lens, a lot of this, I mean, you're talking about the action and stuff. This was like intense. It was, this was like cutting edge. 
I didn't. You know what I didn't like? I didn't like Joey Pants as the villain. Okay. Didn't really. Well, he wasn't the villain. He was a villain. A I villain. Mean, was, I... no, obviously, he was a turncoat. I think we could talk free with spoilers here on a 21-year-old movie. Yeah. I mean, I saw it, so yeah. the last person that hasn't seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it That's was you. good. You're the, you're uh, the guy. I guess now you're not. I guess I'll probably watch the other two. Are the other two worth yeah, watching? Yeah, you think you will? I mean, I, I, I can. Should I? I... I'm of two minds. I almost say, yeah, you should watch them because I watched them and you should have to. Um, oh, so they're bad. But I think the second one, I actually really like certain things in the second one. I, I don't think it's that bad, but it also ends on on a, a way that it's it's kind of like uh, Empire Strikes Back in the sense that it doesn't resolve everything, but it has and has an end, but it doesn't resolve things. OK, you know, so that's the way. Actually, it's very structured similarly to the uh, the original trilogy of Star Wars in, in, in that way. Uh but yeah, I would say the third movie is just not that great. Okay. And your expectations for the upcoming fourth? Uh, none. I have no expectations. Okay. I will go and watch that one, of course. But well, I probably won't go and watch it because I'm going to watch it from home. Just the way most people are going to watch movies from now on. I miss the movie theaters. But nonetheless, we are where you are, COVID-19. I was thinking of and, getting myself uh, one of those popcorn machines. Yeah. Because I do miss the popcorn at the movies. You, all right. Fair enough. I actually did. I went to one movie this year. Uh, well, since the pandemic, I went to see Tenet with oh. like I was expecting only like three people because I, I saw it like three months after it came out. And there were there were several people there. I was actually surprised. Uh, but we were able to social distance. Well, I wore my mask and did right. everything I was supposed to do. Actually, you know what I learned? I learned uh, a buddy of mine. There's a movie theater up by them that you can rent out the whole theater for 100 bucks if it's like an older movie or for okay. if it's a new release, it's 250 Okay. So you can you can pack the theater with your family or friends or probably don't pack it at all. I mean, we can we can do something so, similar. There's a there's a small theater uh, in our town. Uh, shout out to the Williams Center. Uh, but that is a place where I actually have seen a movie there that was rented out by a friend of ours. We all watched The Grinch. We took our kids to see oh, The nice. Grinch. The Grinch is pretty. You cool. know, this was they everybody was you know three or four years old. So it was it was just a bunch of people that we knew. This is several years ago. Uh, back when everyone getting together made sense. And <laughs> now you're just like, what the heck? And uh, yeah, we had a good time. I think that was probably the first time I saw a movie with, with my oldest uh, son. So that was really cool. Oh, he he nice. did a lot better than I thought he would. I thought he'd be running all over the place. But he, he sat there. He was mesmerized by this totally mediocre knockoff of The Grinch. <laughs> but yeah, so where would you, if you were to judge The Matrix, if you could go 10-10, being a great movie, fantastic, all the way down to ten seven, got a beat down. It was no good. Uh, ten nine. Ten nine. Okay, it was That's solid. Ten, yeah, ten nine. It was fun. It was a fun right. movie. I mean, well, I watch it again. I mean, maybe if it's on TV, but I won't seek okay. it. I won't. I won't seek it. Yeah, I, fair enough. I mean, I watched it over a lot of the times over the years, but I also probably haven't watched it nearly as much in recent years because mm-hmm. you know it's twenty one years old. Yeah. So what am I watching for Friday? You are going to watch Inception. Oh, this is actually one that I've wanted to watch for years. So I'm kind of excited about that one. Excellent, excellent. I'm I'm a big Chris Nolan fan. So if you haven't watched as many Chris Nolan movies over the years, I think we're going to be able to oh, trim I those down. Even... But we'll we'll space it out. We don't want to just go through uh one. I'm gonna try and switch it up on you every so often and give you something different. Did not know he was the the, the director. And then I know you're a huge Batman fan, so I am a monster Batman fan, for those yeah. who don't know. Huge, huge, huge Batman fan. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. We'll be back again on Friday 
Christmas Day. Merry Christmas, everybody. I will have, give you my Inception review on that episode. But more importantly, we'll be talking about a little bit of fights. You know, we'll, we'll have a past judgment. Hopefully something fun. There's no festive fights, but we'll figure out something that's just kind of fun, you know? Yeah, we got, and we have no fights to preview. Oh, which... thank goodness. I, <laughs> I can't wait to not have to watch fights on Saturday night. Yeah, three weeks, my friend. Take care, everybody. We'll be right back.